Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to our sponsors, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. And an extra special thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring Explore the Space Now for over a year. We just had our one-year anniversary of them being partners with us, and I am incredibly grateful and delighted to continue to have them as a sponsor of Explore the Space podcast. We are also sponsored by Care Align. Are you looking for a better way to keep track of clinical team tasks so things don't fall through the cracks? Check out Caroline, a HIPAA-compliant digital workspace built specifically for clinical teams. It works on any device and with any electronic health record. Caroline cuts documentation time in half, reduces errors, and saves clinicians an hour a day. Caroline is currently offering the platform for free to the first 100 clinicians who sign up on their new direct-to-clinician platform. Visit www.carealign.ai backslash explore to learn more. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space podcast is Dr. Reza Manesh. Dr. Manesh is an associate professor of medicine at Northwestern University. He's a hospitalist like me, and he's a co-founder of the extraordinary podcast and learning platform Clinical Problem Solvers. Reza joins us to release his wonderful new memoir that's just come out entitled Finding Joy in Medicine. The book is fantastic. There's tons of links in the show notes. Please check it out. It is available. Definitely get yourself a copy. Share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're not in medicine, it's still worth reading. It will help you recall important steps in your own personal and professional journey. He's done a remarkable job with his book, and it was a real treat to get to discuss it with him. Can't wait for you to check out our conversation. We had a blast. Just want to remind you, please do subscribe to Explore the Space podcast wherever you're listening to the show, whatever platform you like to use. We're on all of them. Please do leave us that five-star rating and review. That really helps us out. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS show, and you can check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast. This is episode 235. There is a whole lot of content waiting for you there at www.explorethespaceshow.com. So that all being said, without further ado, Dr. Reza Manesh. Reza, welcome to Explore the Space podcast. It's great to have you. So happy to be here, Mark. I I have been your biggest fan for a couple of years now, and that we actually get to finally have this conversation is so exciting. You, you know, Mark, I am your biggest fan. There's only one regret. That Robbie hasn't joined us for this conversation. I know. And that is that is an omission that we will rectify. I'm not worried about it. But yeah. we are we are here for a very specific reason. And we're gonna get to that. Can I start with a story that I love? And whenever 
I talk to people about you, it's what I always open with. <laughs> Please, now I'm nervous and turning. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. So you, I think, are known for putting an affect of happiness, joy, friendliness into the world. And it's really by virtue of your smile. Um, oh, yeah. I think on social media, the pictures are generally you with somebody and you're beaming. And it's great. And I had no idea what to make of you when we were like, hey, texting back and forth. We're going to meet up in person. You and I were both at the Society of Hospital Medicine annual meeting back in 2019. And we were texting like, hey, let's meet up. This will be super cool. We can meet in person. Do you remember that? I I remembered it. Yes. And I was thinking to myself, it's really interesting, right? We all have these public personas. What is Reza going to actually be like? Yeah. First of all, you're bigger than I thought. Like, I know you take care of your body, but I was like, this dude <laughs> is, he's, he's, he's solid. But my man, like that smile, it's like magic Johnson. Like it was there Aww. right out of the gate. And it was so cool to see. And I used that comp because when I met magic back in the day, he smiled at me and I was like, oh my gosh, he does this in real life. Like you do, <laughs> that's just you. And it was so cool to see that. I want to go back to what you said that I look bigger than I actually look in my pictures because recently Andre Mansour said, Hey Reza, it seems like you haven't been working out for some time. <laughs> Andre, those are just photos, my friend. Those are just photos. I love Andre. Andre's the best. He and I, we're, we're back and forth texting all the time. I love that dude. Oh, me too. Me too. But Mark, I just wanted to say how thankful I am for you having me on your show. I am a huge fan and I'll go on the record to say you are the most skilled interviewer in the medical realm of podcasts. Well, that's really nice of you to say, and let's put that to the test. It's time. <laughs> you are here for a specific reason. You and I could probably do a really nice 35 minutes of like saying nice things <laughs> back and forth and it would feel great. That's not why you're here. And I actually think we're going to do some hard work here together. You have written a book called Finding Joy in Medicine, and you sent it to me and I got to read it and I was honored to write a little blurb for it. And I want to just start, first of all, with the title. I love the title. It's disarming. But it also, for me, set the table for something that I did not expect. That book is a journey, my man. It was not an easy read. Not insofar as like it's it's beautifully written, it's it's wonderful, but you guide us through a roller coaster ride that for people who have been in medicine for any period of time, it's going to unlock some memories. It's going to take you back into some rabbit holes that you may not have been ready to go back down. It was an adventure for me. The juxtaposition of where I went reading that book and the title was quite dramatic. Did you set that up intentionally? What a great question. Um, th the truth is, I, I did not. I, I pretty much do nothing intentionally. <laughs> I, uh, I was, um, you know, it, it was during the pandemic yeah. that I hit my lowest point in my academic career. Uh, part, in part because I changed jobs and not being able to be around other human beings really had an impact on my soul. And I had to really reflect, like, how did I find joy in medicine? And so I set out on this journey to just jot down my thoughts. And what initially started out as some some type kind of memoir, just for myself, it was almost like my therapy session eventually through the help of many people 
transformed into a book. I need to push you a little harder, though, because I I fully understand the way in which you came to start writing. I remember you and I were texting back and forth. About, like You let me know that you'd changed jobs and you'd moved and it was in the middle of the pandemic. I still want to kind of get to this part and I and I love that maybe you did just back into it though. As maybe as you now look back on the book and are starting to gather feedback, do you see that juxtaposition of the title in the beautiful font illuminated finding joy in medicine but the journey that you bring us on to get into that space, that's it, a pretty big gap to bridge. And that's hard I would imagine as an author to do. Yes. And, and you know, Mark, it's, it's the truth of the roller coaster I've been on because I think medicine can be extremely beautiful for those who have sacrificed their lives to care for others. However, it's not easy to find that joy. There are so many barriers, so many challenges that keep us from achieving the joy that we each deserve. And so the title, Finding Joy in Medicine, is pretty much saying that it's not guaranteed yeah. and you have to actively search for it. And I, and I wanted to be as authentic and honest as possible with regard to my struggles in finding joy in medicine. And by the way, um, it's not over yet. There are days where I, see, <laughs> yeah, I don't totally. have joy and I'm still looking for it. I maybe have to go back and read the book. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But the, the, the thing that I like too, though, is this isn't a how-to book. This isn't a self-help book. This isn't a when this happens, do X and you'll just feel better. I, I appreciated that you didn't put this out as here's the road that I've walked. If you replicate these steps, you will find joy or whatever positive emotion you might be looking for. That is not within those pages at all. That, that is spot on because everyone has to find their own path to yeah. that joy in medicine. And all I can do is just share openly what my path looked like and prompt people to think about their paths so that it can truly become a calling. You know, when we, when we all apply to medical school or whatever healthcare profession, we all say, oh, Medicine is a calling. But to be honest with you, I didn't know I wanted to become a doctor until the third year of medical school and $100,000 in debt. Can I so, appreciate how, can I tell you how much I appreciate you saying that? I've said on this show and on social media a lot of times, I don't like platitudes and I try not to use them. The phrase medicine is a calling, I feel like has turned into a platitude. I feel like it's lost its meaning and it's just thrown around as some sort of vague, insipid, inspiratory faux inspiratory term and i don't like it anymore my friend you the way you put sentences together i feel like i'm speaking a second language right now <laughs> wow that was that was poetry <laughs> but do you agree though right this idea of meta like it's more than that it's a lot more complicated than that 100 percent um because there's only so much you can predict based on shadowing or volunteering it's much different than when you're in the thick of it. And by the way, those first two years of medical school, you sort of forget why you even applied to medical school. Yeah, you're stuck yeah. in a classroom learning <laughs> genetics yeah. and you know all anatomy in, in 12 days. What happens if, if you can't memorize stuff quickly? Well, then it becomes a struggle. 
Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. The The thing that struck me the most about, well, I, I mean, you, first of all, because I feel like you're the sort of person who on social media, on your extraordinary podcast, CP Solvers, when you do live teaching, just in general, you do wear your heart and your emotions on your sleeve. Again, like I kind of referenced at the beginning when you and I met, I felt like that representation of Reza that I had seen before is how you are in real life. That same reflection happened inside the book. And I'm curious, I know that that is, that's who you are. Did you have to though pay real attention and say, Reza, you got to push yourself harder here. You're holding back. You got to be that same guy that's, that's uh, whose emotions are on his sleeve when you're writing this particular section or talking about this particular hardship or barrier. So, Mark, I had the opposite problem. So, actually, oh, really? I, 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 <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm in Pittsburgh right now, and my my mom is making some incredible dinner. Uh, my my sister's Shih Tzu is running around. But if anything, my mom always tells me to try to not express all of my emotions. <laughs> but I know no other way. Like I can't yeah. hide my emotions. So, if you actually read the initial draft of this book, it was too much, too much into you know, my, my personal life. And what I ended up doing is deleting the sections that affect other people while leaving the sections that only involve me out in the open. And if I mention anyone else's like private business, it's because they gave me consent and approval to do so. So I actually had the opposite problem. When I was writing this book, I was crying. Like this book, I went on a roller coaster writing it. The toughest thing I've ever done in my life. And I do have to say that I couldn't have done it alone. I know I keep saying that but there are so many people that help me take this across the finish line. But the person I am, I take after my grandfather, is just an open book. And it was very important for me to sh- share my vulnerability with everyone. And all of us, you know, reflect on our lives and on our journey. I was just expressing myself, you know, through Microsoft um, through Microsoft. But yeah, I think I had the opposite problem, Mark, to be honest. That is really interesting. And I like that it's around subject matter that's this hard because, you know, the transparency that you put out there and the things that you talked about, I'm a little bit further ahead in my career, just in terms of like when I finished residency than you are, but we're all kind of in that sort of mid-career space for lack of a better term, right? You're not a new attending anymore. You've been at this for a while, but you're also nowhere near like your peak or near the end. And there were parts of it that really did send me back into places that I haven't been for a while. And the only person who knows those experiences for me is my wife, that my best friend, my parents, like they've heard parts, but they've never like, we've never gone deep on it. The only people, the only person who knows it is my wife. And in large part, because we had already started dating when I was a resident, but like the medical school part, she doesn't, she wasn't there for, but she's kind of heard about. Um, And here's the thing is that, Everyone that goes into this career has that same arc. It's really hard. And we all have those spots where like things happen where you, boy, you really wish they hadn't. You really wish they'd gone differently. You can't get them back. That's part, that's part of the definition of this profession. And man, your book just puts that all out there (laughs) right there on front street. And you just have to walk through it. You really have to step into that tension, knowing that you're going to walk back through your career and you're going to remember some things. 100%. And, and you know, while you were speaking, I just reflected on one of the reasons I'm so open with my vulnerabilities 
and with my um, challenges on this journey, I remember seeing my grandfather write poetry. And I asked my grandfather, why do you write poetry? He said, you know, Reza, it gives me an opportunity to not only reflect on life, but to share my hardships with others in the hope that they can lead a better life. And for me, it's easy to share my hardships because I want others to benefit from the challenges I have faced. And, and really, like, I had two goals with this book. One is to go through a self-reflective therapy session. And then two, to hopefully create something where others can lean on during their moments of struggle. That's what drove me to write this book. And that's why I dedicated this book to my grandfather. Um, may he rest in peace. You know, I, I love being a part of this profession. I love, you know, in whatever fashion I can serve as a leader, as a learner, as a mentor, as all as a mentee, all of those different things. I'm not ready to share like you shared uh, publicly about what my career has been like. There are things that they're just I'm not ready to be that transparent. And I don't I, I share that not to give you any sort of sense of cognitive dissonance. I share that as reinforcement of how exceptional this work has been and the way I think it's really going to resonate because if I'm not ready, right. With all of the privilege that I have in my career, with my position as a white male doctor, all of that stuff that I don't feel ready to share. I can only imagine how much other people feel like, man, I am nowhere close to opening some of these doors. Like I don't even want to acknowledge the doors are there. It's a credit to you for stepping into that tension for sure. Thank you for sharing that Mark. What do you expect the reception to be? Because you're once it's out there, it's out there, you know. And and it's it's a really exciting time for you. And and I know what I think it's going to be. And you and I've already talked about this, so I don't want to, you know. It's gonna. I think it's. I think it's going to be great in the right way of being great. Um, great in like okay, cool, but also great in terms of size and import. But yes. what what are what is your what are the bookends? What's the side that you're like, boy, I really hope. It doesn't get to this place. And what is the moonshot? Yeah, so I think the moonshot um, sort of can be captured in the text message you sent me after reading the book. Uh, if you recall, you said, Reza, I wish I could give you a hug right now. Yeah, I, totally. I've lived through each and every single thing you mentioned in this book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, to, like the way I think of it is that learner who is facing challenges, which we know each of us face challenges that the mentor, the teacher, the friend can say, Hey, read this book because yeah. this person went through what you went through. So if I'm able to have that impact for me, I've accomplished my goal independent of, you know, number of books I sell, sell, or like number of lectures I give. I, I honestly mean it. If I can make that impact, give a resource for people to lean on, then I've achieved my goal. Now, what would be a, a huge disappointment for me is if the book um, doesn't have that impact, yeah. if it doesn't serve as a resource for people to lean on when they are feeling like an imposter, when they've made a medical mistake, when they want to quit medicine. For me, this book is the tool where when I've had the opportunity to speak with people and they share hard things that are going on for them. And they start to get into spaces that for me, I, you know, 
whether I lack the emotional maturity or the fortitude or whatever the case, like I don't share those stories in that moment. It gives me that tool to say, you know what? Reza has done that work. Like you are, it's easy for me to say to someone or for anyone to say, you're not alone, but now it's, let me slide this in front of you and you're not. And trust me when I tell you, like I'm shoulder to shoulder with Reza on this journey too. Um, he has more detail here than I do, but you're, you're not alone. And some of the, it's interesting that this book was born out of the sense of loneliness that came in the pandemic. And after you'd moved, because hopefully it has that sense of community building too. Mark, you know what that just reminded me of? You are not alone. Michael Jackson song. You yeah. are not alone. Totally. <laughs> totally. I am here with you. <laughs> with you. At yeah. this point, your, your listeners have stopped listening. I'm, They're not <laughs> purchase the book. They're giving one star ratings. <laughs> I might have to delete you and I singing, or I might just leave it in because we did it, man. I just sang on a podcast. Holy cow. <laughs> it's funny though that we did that, that we broke into song because the only dent in the armor in this whole book, I was waiting for some bars. I can't lie. <laughs> I was waiting for some bars and I didn't get my bars. We got to get Kimberly Manning on the show with me. And then we <laughs> totally. <this> together. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys do a, like an ebook that's hyperlinked, it can link to like, it can link to something like that on YouTube or something. <laughs> that would be really, really cool. What, what do you do? When you when you complete something like this, when you work through this journey, what does it feel like? Right, it's done. It's you know it's it's bound. It's in the world. It's out. What is what is the sense that comes after that? Is it a catharsis? Is it an emptiness? Where where do you sit now? So to be honest with you, I, I think the last six months have been the most challenging six months of my career. Um to be on service, to be trying to write a book, facilitate uh, reports, work with the CP solvers. There was just so much going on. And uh, when I shared with Capreet my, my deadline for the book, he sent me, as he always does, a Wikipedia page, which was banning <laughs> policy. And to be honest, I haven't read the Wikipedia page, but I, I sort of like inferred what it means that I planned a way earlier of a deadline that I was capable of maintaining if I wanted to keep my sanity. Uh, so basically like Usain Bolt can run fast for 10 seconds, right? Eight seconds, but not for, you know, an hour. So I put myself in a terrible position to try to meet this deadline. So right now I feel incredible. I like basically wake up, I go for walks, I run, I hang out with my partner, Liz, I hang out with my mom. Uh, my sister's dog, and I'm not reading cases. I'm not doing anything except a few CP solver stuff uh, just to recover. And it just feels amazing, you know, to be able to sleep in and not worry about the number of pages. The, did you put a comma there? Oh my gosh, did you spell afterward with a W A R D or W O R D? <laughs> and Aaron Berkowitz, my uh, my editor, he is the one that captured all of these, you know, mistakes that I made in in the initial draft. That's that's a good place to be when you're putting something together that's creative. The uh, amount of obsession around font and pagination and paragraph breaks, it's unbelievable. It really is. It yeah. re like just the other day, they asked me, like, do you want your book cover to be uh, gloss or or matte? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't first of all, I don't know what the day and I Google imaged it. <laughs> but I got some help to answer that question from the book cover artist. 
Well, that's good. So when I when I put something out there, I'm going to be calling you like Reza. What do I do? It's like it's like picking light fixtures for a remodel <laughs> or something like that. Exactly. I love it. We do need to spend a little bit of time talking about the CP Solvers universe. Yeah, it's it's pretty immense. It really is, and and you can't talk about the CP Solvers without talking about my brother and academic soulmate Robbie Jeha. Um, the the CP Solvers was born out of our passion for diagnosis. And that passion was born out of our mentor, Gapreet Dhaliwal. And we never thought it would be as big as it is, but we are so grateful to our our community, our international community for truly making CP Solvers what it is today. Which begs the question, what is it? What are the various arms and pieces I know how I've described it to you, and I'll, and I'll and I'll I'm happy to share that. In my opinion, you've created up to date, you know, version two point uh, But for you, what what do you see it as? I, I see it as a community yeah. that is getting together to democratize the teaching of diagnostic reasoning, yeah, independent yeah. of whether someone has financial power to to participate, et cetera, because it's almost all for free. There's like a very small percentage of CP solvers where people have to, if they're interested, they pay $5 a month to listen to Robbie and me discuss cases, but 95% of it is for free. So what CP solvers is, is it's really like, I think a global movement to provide a plus diagnostic reasoning uh, teaching worldwide. And it's through the collective effort that we're able to accomplish this goal. And just to reinforce the a plus, I mean, it is. It is sparklingly good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For someone who doesn't get to go to, you know, morning report each morning, grand rounds, you know, in the in the in the big centers and things of that nature, it's uh it's refreshing because it's easy to get into a routine where new information and new thought processes just don't infiltrate because you're not being exposed to them. And so for anyone in practice having that opportunity to just get that refresher is, is really, is really gratifying. Thanks so much. And it's pretty incredible that um, with our virtual morning report series, which happens at, I think six out of seven days, or actually now seven out of seven days, um, we have people presenting cases from all over the world. So it's just incredible to be able to connect from someone with, from Brazil, someone from Thailand, someone from Argentina, from Austria, it's just been an incredible journey. And what's amazing about this, Mark, is we all speak the same language in medicine. It's all the same, independent of your background, independent of your native language, that the, the language of diagnosis is universal. And so to be able to connect through this um, shared language is pretty special. Is it difficult for you to translate the act and art of teaching to when you're on service and you don't have residents or house staff or medical students where it's just you, is it hard, easy, or somewhere in the middle for that same process that you guide people through as the instructor when you're actually at the bedside at three in the morning in the ED with a really complicated sick person, is it hard for that process to translate Acknowledging that you have, you know, four other admissions to do and there's cross cover and you might not feel very good and you've been working for six days in a row. Is it hard for that to translate or does it actually help you in that moment? 
Oh, that, first of all, we've all been there and that's a very difficult situation to be in. For sure. Yeah. I think that to sort of step back, even when I'm not with learners, the patients, you know, like being able to explain to them pros and cons, they're, they're my, you know, student because yeah. they ultimately have to make the decision through shared decision making. So I still feel very much like a teacher, uh, even when I'm not with learners. Um, but in those moments that you just described, those very challenging moments, being tired, uh, feeling overwhelmed, I I find it beneficial. Why? Because all of a sudden, items that were system two thinking that really required me to like analyze and and spend a lot of energy thinking about have now become reflexive, not everything, but many of the items. Why? Because Robbie and I have been just doing rep after rep after rep. And so um, something that, you know, before CP solvers would have required me to jump on up to date, read the section and, and like really take a lot of mental bandwidth. Many stuff now has become reflexive because we practice it so many times and and that's a message I have for your audience. You don't need to have a high IQ. I don't have a high IQ. I'm average. But with the right work ethic, deliberate practice, and repetition, medicine um, is never easy, but it becomes easier. I'm going to pay you a compliment that you're going to love. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? Please. Let, let me make sure I'm recording it. You sound like Repreet. Oh, that means the world. And and it's probably because I admire him so much. Yeah, that I, no, you, I you sound, you sound, I mean, because I know him too. He's incredible. He's been on the show. He's a remarkable person. You sound like him just there. I was like, you could, that was interchangeable in a good way. Not that you're copying him or parroting him in any way, but just the, the thought process behind the work is really, really similar. And that's very cool. Mark, thank you. One of the highlights of my residency career happened at the VA continuity clinic yeah. where I, I had a clinic there and one of the nurses approached me and said, Dr. Dollywall. And I said, I wish I was. Dr. <laughs> my name is Reza. Yeah. And, I, and then I thought to myself, man, all bald men don't look alive. <laughs> for Dr. Dollywall or Van, not Vin Diesel. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that compliment. That's awesome. Today. It's funny because you know we have this universe now where I mean thankfully you and I have met the once but there's this whole world of people who I have incredible respect for some of whom I've come to like and and care about a great deal that we still haven't met in person yet um and I, that's one of the big chasms from like October of 19 to now where it feels like there's some catching up to be done of like, I want to kind of just get in front of some of these people and like <laughs> shake hands and, and take a selfie and be like, okay, I've now met you. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just, it, it's exciting, but it's also like, man, there's a lot to be done there. Yes. I, I've actually retired the handshake. For me, it's a fist bump going yeah, forward. That's fair. That's fair. And I call that's it fair. the COVID handshake. Totally. The elbow, the elbow tap. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. for sure. <laughs> the yeah. awkward elbow fist bump handshake. I know it's hard, but I mean, do you feel that same way that there's this, like, I mean, it's in the hundreds now of people who like, you know, I really want to meet these folks. And you know, what's incredible. I think the experience that you and I had is, is going to be probably how we'll feel about other individuals. Like when I met Tony brew for the first time, I felt like I've known him for years through our communications on Twitter. So when I saw him, 
Like I just immediately hugged them. I was like, Tony, it's you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's me. Reza, it's you. I was, so the dumb. first time I met Tony was at that same conference, the SHM meeting and same thing. Like oh, we've been texting wow. back and forth. I can't remember if he'd been on the show yet or not, but I was like, I'd already come up with his, you know, my, the nickname I gave him. He's the, the med thread champion belt holder of the world or something like that. <laughs> and I was texting with someone that like, yeah, I'm super excited to meet Tony brew or what. I think I may have been texting my wife or somebody else. And I looked up and he was standing there and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I, I just made Tony brew materialize right in front of me. He's like, Hi. and he's like, Hey Mark, what's up? I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. Hey man, what's going on, pal? It was, it was the coolest thing ever. He literally like, he wasn't there. And then he was there. So Tony clearly has superpowers. Did, did you feel like he was going to start speaking to you in like a tutorial twi- thread format? Like <laughs> if he had, I wouldn't have been disappointed. <laughs> I would have, it would have been great, but yeah, no, the folks that I have met, you know, they, they, what's exciting is they have all exceeded the expectation uh, and the like starstruck fandom when I've gotten to actually meet a variety of the same, we all know the same folks, Like these are proper, amazing people. They are just the coolest folks ever. Yes. 100%. We, we, we will all start getting back out there for sure. And it's going to be exciting. But in the meantime, we have your work to look forward to. Help us know. We'll have links in the show notes. Where do people find the book Finding Joy in Medicine? Where do they find you? Where do they find the CP Solvers universe? Where do we get to all this good stuff? Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Mark, again, for having me on the show. If you Google Clinical Problem Solvers, our website will pop up. Check it out. We have a bunch of schemas, illness scripts, um, podcast episodes. All of our virtual morning report episodes are recorded and put on our YouTube as far as the book, um, it will be available on Amazon and Ingram Sparks. There will be a Kindle version, a print version. Also, an Audible will be coming in a month or two with yours truly um, reading it, except for the forward and the afterward. The forward is read by Dr. Kimberly Manning, and the afterward is read by Dr. Gurpreet Dhaliwal. Uh, so that that's where you can find it, and I, I hope you... Um, find it useful and enjoyable and and regardless please leave a, a review on Amazon and get the word out there that is so exciting i'm 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 just all the way past excited for you and delighted for you and it's going to be amazing to watch the reception of the book and how you get to interact with your fans as we all start getting back out and going to conferences you know if not this year then next year and just all credit to you man you've done it and i'm i'm delighted for you i'm so stoked you came on the show this was a blast thank you yeah, thank you, Mark. I just hope they sit me next to um, Andre Mansour, and when he's like <laughs> plugging his framework in internal medicine book, I'm like, Andre, you see, pictures are deceiving. <laughs> I love it. You're gonna do like 50 push-ups before you go and <laughs> get the pump going. <laughs> drain a drain a protein shake. Just totally get after it. <laughs> just straight powder. I'm not gonna even shake. <laughs> I'm gonna do the same. Let's go in and just really intimidate Andre Mansour. That'll be awesome. <laughs> We'll just go in there swole and be like, Andre, what's up, pal? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Reza, this was a blast, man. Thank you so much. Total treat. And thanks for coming on. Thank you, Mark. My thanks once again to Reza for joining us on this episode of Explore the Space Podcast. It's such a blast talking with him. And the book is wonderful. Finding Joy in Medicine. It's available. Please get yourself a copy. Please share it. It's, it's really special. He's done a really, really wonderful job creating the book. And it's a it's an extraordinarily powerful and important contribution to how we all learn and come to grips with the professional journeys that we're all on. 
Thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode of Explore the Space podcast as well. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. Thank you also to CareAlign for being a sponsor of this episode of Explore the Space podcast. Check out CareAlign for HIPAA-compliant checklists and coordinated handoffs for the entire care team. CareAlign is currently offering the platform for free to the first 100 clinicians who sign up on their new direct-to-clinician platform. Visit www.carealign.ai backslash explore to save your spot. And my thanks finally to you for listening. Always appreciate you taking time to listen to Explore the Space podcast. It's a crowded podcast world out there, and it's a real honor that you make time to check out what we're doing here and the amazing people that we have on Explore the Space podcast. So we will be back soon with more great content. Until then, make sure to take good care of yourself. Stay cool in the heat. It is hot out there. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.